on Stick to Football. We are live in Atlanta, Georgia at the Johnsonville Tailgate Throwdown. Mello just judged a cook-off. We got wild fans. It's going to be an amazing day. The end, maybe, of tailgate tour. We'll see. It never ends. I'm not confident. confident. It just cycles back through. Plus, I made a new best friend today. Matt, I'm sorry you're out the door. (laughs) Me and Sean Alexander, BFFs. Mello and Sean Alexander are BFFs. I mean, Sean was great. We had a blast Amazing. with him. You guys can hear that. Yeah, stick around for three, that. Talking to Sean Alexander about his NFL career, Bama, the fact that they're not here today. Bama's not. Uh, are we go- Are we going Tigers or are we going Dogs? We'll figure that out. Yeah, You're going to get a little bit of a yeah, blind <laughs> review to end the show today. But, boys, we do have a little bit of news to talk about as it relates to college football. The lane train, old Joey Freshwater, might be showing up in the Grove at Ole Miss. There's no better pairing than me and Johnsonville, other than Lane Kiffin and Oxford, Mississippi. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous just to have him there on campus. It makes so much sense. Uh, he's probably not ready for a big-time program, not like your LSU or your Georgia. But for him to go to Old Miss, like you said, there's no better pairing. And, and if you're like not you're catching up, yes, exactly. The, the, the girls on that Ole Miss campus are exceptional and it just lane kiffin there makes too much sense they probably paid him five bucks and he's like yeah i'll come be i'll the come coach. over there yeah. yeah i don't think the longevity of that hire will be great it's fun right now not it's, here for a long time not here, here for, for a, a long good time. time here for a good time uh i mean let's be real it's a splash hire because lane kiffin is always in the news for the right or wrong reasons sometimes both mixed together and i think for ole miss you have to ask yourself what were the other options that were going to be splashing? Right. Because you're yep. Ole Miss right now. Miss, I mean, look at where we are today. Georgia, LSU, yep. Alabama isn't here, but they're always in the picture. Florida, I, Auburn. It was, they had to do something. It was not that long ago that Lane Kiffin's name was rumored to Florida State. He came out and he said, you know what? I'm actually I'm good here at FAU. Apparently Ole Miss had a little bit no, better of It also wasn't that long ago that Lane's brother Chris was part of the uh, suspensions and uh, punishment that Ole Miss got handed down, the sanctions. That's what I was looking for by the NCAA. And so I think, like, it, if you're Ole Miss, your compliance department, your job just got a lot harder oh my gosh. now that you're dealing with Lane Kiffin. But it is a good hire for them as far as recruiting goes. And this is a, a program that can recruit. I, I mean, there were some T-shirts changing hands, but they were getting guys from Chicago. Laramie Tunsil, Laquan Treadwell. Oh, they can recruit. They can recruit. Shea Patterson was the number one quarterback. Yes. I know we've talked a lot about him on this podcast, but that was the number one quarterback in the nation. Five-star guy that everyone wanted, and he chose Ole Miss. I mean, they get good players, and Lane will get them. I think, for me, with this hire, you have to be excited, I think, about the future of the quarterback position at Ole Miss now and what Lane could do with the skill guys. Yeah. Now, overall, will they be able to roll with the big dogs is the question that everyone's going to ask. What are the expectations when Lane takes his job? Is there, are the expectations that Ole Miss will hopefully be down here one year, or are the expectations just to make them somewhat relevant To win again? the Egg Bowl. I mean, that's a good start. Right. That, that is where you have to start. Uh, Not piss themselves. Right. Not No, no <laughs> dog. Oh, my God. No. All right. Our home state... Not our home team. The Missouri Tigers. Everyone else is hiring coaches. Mizzou is just chilling right now. I guess waiting to see what happens. Mike Norville, uh, Memphis head coach, they played today against Cincinnati. Saturday, that is. And a lot of people think that that might be a name Mizzou wants. But Florida State could also be a team that wants Mike Norville, who is now the hottest candidate out there, it seems like. He should be. But the Missouri Tigers, guys, we've heard, we've heard Blake Anderson Louisiana's coach, Napier. It sounds like Mike Napier's going to stay at Louisiana. He's not even taking calls right now. So, Mel, if you're Mizzou, what are you waiting for? 
I think you're probably waiting for some of these guys to say, let me get through my championship game, uh, like a Napier at Louisiana, uh, maybe even Norvell at Memphis, and then, you know, Fickle at Cincinnati. All three of those guys have yeah. very big games this weekend. The winner that they play of that them. game goes to Florida State, the loser goes to Mizzou. Everybody's happy. That's probably just what's <laughs> happening. Honestly, though, Missouri is probably waiting for Florida State because they're not going to steal that coach away from Florida State. So whoever they go with, I think then they can really figure out who they need to target because you, if you're Missouri, you can't compete with Florida State right now. Plot twist. Maybe they're waiting for Freddie Kitchens. Oh, you wish. Right? <laughs> That'd be yeah. hilarious, yeah. man. Yeah. It might be. Freddie Kitchens, a noted Alabama alum. I mean, yeah. come on now. I wouldn't I mean, be shocked to see him back in the college ranks at some point. He's going to need a job next it, year. Exactly. Because right. he won't be and, in Cleveland. Uh, not to you know hate on Mizzou here, but it, it's not the most desirable job. It's a, it's a tough job yeah. right now to take. We look at the jobs like Arkansas, and Mizzou's not on that level. But still, it's a tough job when you get there. Mm-hmm. What you have to build. You know, but, we actually asked people locally because we're right, we're closer to the University of Arkansas than we are Missouri. People locally said Arkansas is a better job than Mizzou. That's the perception of how far down Missouri is as a program right I, now. I think you have more support around you in yeah. Arkansas. I, I mean, Arkansas might have been a bad football team these last couple of years, but there are a lot of people that want to make that football program yeah, the phenomenal. Money. Yes. Yeah. And no a fan base that they'll <laughs> show up if you're yeah. if you're six and six. Yep. Now, that leads us right into FSU, which is now that Clay Helton's staying at USC. Uh, thanks, Sports Illustrated, for that report. Sorry, that was mean. But now that Clay Helton's staying at wrong. USC, Florida State is the biggest job open. And this is a job, it's been open for a while since they fired Willie Taggart, who sounds like he might resurface at South Florida now that Charlie Strong's gone. Florida State, is Mike Norville a big enough hire for Florida State? I mean, who else is it going to be? I think that's the problem. I mean, they fired their coach early trying to get on top of the recruiting search for a coach. And they're just, there aren't many big names available. I don't think you're losing, you're getting a guy like PJ Fleck. I think he's staying at Minnesota. I don't think you're going to pull Matty him down. Matty Campbell there. is signing extension after extension. Yeah. yeah. He's not leaving. Fleck, right. Campbell, and Franklin all just signed extensions. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, good for those schools because that's what they had to do to keep these guys when you have a a program like florida state come out and fire their coach you know they're going to be poaching off these lower programs and i don't know if you guys caught this um it was thursday night pretty late but jane slater nfl network reported the dallas cowboys have interest in three college coaches urban meyer obviously right so i don't think anybody's surprised by that lincoln riley Okay, but then Vincent, the Clemson offensive coordinator, another name that she mentioned in this report that Jerry Jones might be wanting to go to the college game, guys, and I maybe we buried the lead on this, but if you're the Dallas Cowboys, Urban Meyer is an interesting name because he's not coached in the NFL before. This, I mean, he's a college guy, but he's also burnt out at the college level. We saw it at Florida. We saw it at Ohio State. Does the NFL make sense for Urban Meyer where he doesn't have to recruit? You're not on the road all year round, but the pressure is much higher. But I think part of him being so great is his ability to recruit. He's not a great X's and O coach. I love his offense uh, that they run. I wish they would do more of it in Texas. But part of why he's so successful is being able to go and recruit. You look at his Florida teams and the talent that they had. Yeah, they had a lot of knuckleheads, but they had a lot of five-star guys, four-star guys in there. Uh, Same thing with Ohio State. He was pulling in great talent every year. They lost Joe Burrow because of a transfer because he couldn't win the starting job. Now he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Urban Meyer, great recruiter. I don't know if it's going to work out in the NFL, but I do think that he might be ready to test it out. I just think that would be a Band-Aid hire. I, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys should be a team that's looking for a Band-Aid hire where you go, oh, Urban will come in probably for three years max. They have a great right. roster that can win yep. now. I, I would be zeroing in on Lincoln Riley, and I think that's the only NFL job Lincoln would consider, and yeah. it's Jerry Jones. 
I mean, Jerry Jones can open that checkbook, give Lincoln Riley that John Gruden contract, and say, hey, you're going to be with us in Dallas the next decade. We know you can make it great. We know what you do with quarterbacks. you got to pay Dak Prescott at some point. I'm not worried about that. But I just look at it. I mean, there should be one guy in the running for this Cowboys job. And if they get ahead of it, and like last year, Lincoln told a lot of teams, no, I'm saying in Oklahoma, yeah. if they get ahead of it, I would even get Matt Rule in the mix. I, I, right I, there in Waco. He's just south of the city. Go I mean, Matt Rule's great. It will yeah. be great in the NFL one day. I would get ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln Riley is making $6.5 million at Oklahoma right now. Good Lord. So he's going to be paid very, very well to have to leave that. But or stay. the Cowboys. One or the other. No wonder we have to pay $8 no, to drive stay. on their roads. <laughs> he has to leave Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Well, Texas fans want to get Lincoln Riley out of there. Let's take a break. We come back, guys. We're going to talk about Oregon versus Utah, which happened Friday night. Talk about the Senior Bowl roster and some players declaring for the draft that we're pretty excited about. And don't forget, Sean Alexander joining us later in the show. Back live in Atlanta at the Johnsonville Tailgate Throwdown. It smells amazing. It sounds amazing. We are set up right outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is absolutely gorgeous. Sean Alexander will be joining us momentarily. Him, Mello, knocked out a little food competition this morning. Um, Connor and I haven't eaten, so if you could just describe to it, how good was that food? Or Some don't. of the <laughs> best sausage I've ever had. Uh, our contestant that won, uh, she got my vote. And it was amazing. Uh, it was very sweet. She had bacon-wrapped Johnsonville sausage with brown sugar. Very simple, but, man, it sounds good. My mouth's watering. Right How do we get a couple more again. of those? We had two of those on the table. That'd be great. <laughs> we got them coming now. Speaking of winners. Yeah, speaking of winners, uh, Mello and Sean Alexander. But also, Oregon doing what needed to happen, let's be honest. Oregon taking care of Utah. The Utes have had a good year, but the college football playoff talk for the Pac-12 is now dead, thanks to the Auburn Tigers beating Oregon Week 1, and now Oregon uh, dropping a game to Arizona State. They're not going to be in the college football playoff. Utah struggled. Tyler Huntley threw a couple picks, something he hadn't done all year. But guys, Utah may have lost. Oregon may have won. This story was not Justin Herbert being a dominant football player. Justin Herbert actually played pretty badly, which is what we've come to expect against good teams. The Oregon offensive line looks yes, great. C.J. Verdell at running back was MVP unstoppable. But it's a true freshman. Kayvon Thibodeau, go ahead and put this man atop my 2020 NFL draft big board. He's going to be the first pick. And, you know, this was a guy who was the number one recruit. Everybody wanted him. And sometimes it's those guys don't come onto the field and produce immediately. Big players make plays in big games, and that's what he was able to do. He looked electric against a pretty good Utah offensive line. They couldn't stop him. They lined him up in different positions. I really like it. Uh, you're right. 2020 big board. We can already go ahead and pencil his name in there. There's some really good freshmen, but right now he's sitting at the top. I mean, he took over the game. It's as simple as that. He took over the game on the defensive end for Oregon, and Oregon, they dominated in the run game. And yeah. keep in mind, I mean, we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl later, Utah has five defensive starters that are going to be at the Senior Bowl, and they're good players. This yeah. isn't taken away from them. Oregon just came in Two with Two on the defensive line. Yeah. I mean, Bradley and Bradley I, and I great pass yeah. rusher. They have a really good team, athletic linebackers, good secondary. And Oregon just brought it. They had a great game plan. Utah didn't look ready for what they did. And I think when it comes down to it, this is an argument us three sat down in August and said the Pac-12 will eat each other yep. because that's what always happens. And it happened right away when Utah lost to USC. Oregon obviously drops to Auburn and Arizona State. And once again, the Pac-12 is sitting on the outside looking in for the college football playoff. Because as a, from a draft perspective, I know we've talked a lot about Justin Herbert, things we've heard about. Yeah, maybe he's not the toughest guy. And I, I you, 
Oregon fans, excuse me, I, I woke up Saturday morning to all these tweets like, did you see him hugging his lineman? He's a great leader. If hugging people makes you a great leader, then I'm George Pat. I'm sure he's a good teammate. But that's, that's not, not what a great we're saying. Leader. You should I'm see not, me when I'm drunk. I hug everyone. Right. I don't want to follow that dude into into like a fight, though. He, like Josh Allen, say what you want about Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. I would run through a brick wall for that man. And his team would, too. Lamar Jackson. I was going to say. Amazing leader. Look at the way his teammates respond to him. You get a guy like Mark Ingram coming up to the podium or Justin Tucker talking about Lamar Jackson. That's something that you can see teams rallying around their guys. It's a lot more than what you see after a game with a quarterback hugging his offensive line. But even if we take, take away that, okay, is he or is he not a great leader? I don't know if he's a good quarterback. And I know that we've been talking about him for three years. He was the dude after Mariota. There's been a lot of hype there. He's big. He's athletic. But against good teams, I don't see accuracy from him. There were a couple throws last night, especially outside the hash. He's just leaving the ball hanging. This is supposed to be a big-armed quarterback. I'm sorry. I I don't see the hype that's going to – and I do believe he'll be a top-10 pick. I don't see it. For me, it just comes down to this simple question. If you're sitting in the GM chair – are you betting your career on Justin Herbert? Because I'm not. That's no, what it comes I down agree to. With you I'm completely. not saying Justin Herbert's going to be outside my top 50 because he clearly has talent. I'm just saying from an NFL perspective, I'm not sitting there and going, yeah, I'll bet my job on him. Now, some GMs have the luxury where they don't have to do that, where he can go somewhere, he can sit behind right. someone. But if you're a team like Cincinnati, number one, Lord, they're no. not Tate. I mean, I hope not. I'm and not I saying they're not. I had him going to but... Miami in my mock draft, and I wrote in like all caps, I don't. this is not what I would do. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I would rather roll the dice on a hurt Tua than I would Justin Herbert. I agree. But a team like the Los Angeles Chargers, you got to reinvent yourself with yeah. moving to L.A., with Philip Rivers' eventual retirement. It, it just seems like someone will convince themselves that Justin Herbert is more than, more than I have seen him to be. I'm probably going to rank him around where I had Daniel Jones. Second-round player with some talent. Daniel Jones was a top-ten pick. It happens every year. And that's starting to happen to a lot of the like top quarterbacks in this class. Like Besides Joe Burrow and Tua on talent, because I still love Tua, I mean, I'm not taking Herbert, Jordan Love, Jake Fromm, or Jacob Eason anymore in the right. first round. I'm not doing it. Yeah, and, But teams will. I'm just saying, that's they they all will Two go. of those guys you just mentioned, I bet, go in the first round because every GM will look for that splash. Hit and maybe you know we'll be wrong and some of these quarterbacks will be good, but I agree with you, Connor. If I'm a GM, I'm not tying my horse to these guys. I'm I'm not taking a chance. I'm not betting my job on some of these Pac-12 if quarterbacks. If you didn't read it Friday morning, you still can. My scouting notebook basically broke that down. Why Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jordan Love need the Senior Bowl? It, whether we like it or not, those guys, Jordan Love and Justin Herbert, especially, they can improve their stock a lot by going to Mobile for a week and trying to impress evaluators with their character, their work ethic, their coachability, and their talent on the field. And one more thing, coaching staffs talk to each other. So a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, Joe Burrow's going to go there, and or Jalen Hurts, another example. Yeah. They're going to go work with the Bengals staff or whoever it may yep. be. Yep. Oh, Jim Nagy knows what he's doing. He's going to let the Bengals staff oh, have they're gonna have all the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow. Those staffs yeah. are getting calls from other teams that are non-rival teams uh-huh. saying, What'd you, what did you like that week with the kid? Is he smart? Can he? Is he coachable? Yep. So like you said, Matt, it's vital for guys like that to get down to Mobile. Mobile is going to be fun. Uh, I, I think midweek we can do a big Senior Bowl roster review because it's getting close to being complete. But I do want to talk about a couple underclassmen, guys. Players we've talked about 
often on the show. Hunter Bryant, the tight end from Washington. And then C.J. Henderson, a corner from Florida. Probably not any Gator fans out in the crowd today, I'm going to guess. Uh, nope, no Gator fans. But C.J. Henderson, we talked about him on a, a mock uh, fixing a team a couple weeks back. I still believe he goes first round, but there is a stigma around Florida corners right now. Guys haven't worked out. Tease Tabor tanked his own stock. Vernon Hargraves looks like a bust. Quincy Wilson probably not going to be in Indianapolis next year. The Florida DBs, other than Brian Poole somehow, just yep. haven't really panned out. I mean, he's gen- like absolutely one of the best slot corners in the NFL. Wasn't yep. drafted. Yeah. You know, we also used to say this about Alabama corners, though. It's like, uh, they always look good at Alabama. They never produce. But then we've seen a couple guys kind of change that perception. Then Marlon Humphrey came around. I think <laughs> that C.J. Henderson can be that guy. I'm I'm trying to scout him for the player that he is, not the helmet that he's wearing. I really like what he can do. I think that he can be a shutdown corner in the league. His size, his speed, his ball skills, very rare to find. Yeah, the fact that he goes to Florida makes me a little bit nervous, but his his talent is very rare. You don't find that often. Here's my pet peeve. On Twitter, people would be like, but he can't tackle. And yet the NFL just named Deion Sanders like the best corner ever. And exactly. that dude never made a tackle. Yeah. I mean, most corners are not just throwing their weight around like that. No, it's as simple pounds. as that. I think when you look at Henderson – it feels like a very greedy Williams situation to me. He's going to run well. He's got yep. good length. I think there might be some questions there overall about how he could be developed where middle of round two, early round two, a team goes, oh, yeah, we see the traits. But it's going to be interesting how this class shakes out after Akuda because you have Christian Fulton. You have Jeff Gladney. You have Prince Paulson Adebo. Adebo. Adebo yeah. It's going to be a really interesting corner group because it's loaded with talent. And but Akuda could go as high as three. Easily. And I think that's justifiable because you look at Akuda and you go, he has as much talent as all the top corners do right now in the NFL coming out. Yeah. He really does. Absolutely. Do. Hunter Bryant on the other side of this, a little bit of a smaller tight end. He's listed at 6'2", 240. We'll get a, a better look at that at the NFL scouting combine. But an athlete, not a blocker. And I had some people asking me, what about, you know, compare him to Hopkins or Pinckney. It's just not, it's not the same position these guys are playing, basically. He is a flex tight end. He's Evan Ingram. And what Melo and I were talking about, Evan Ingram, Irv Smith Jr., he's that type of guy. We were talking about, there are going to be certain teams, New England Patriots, where a guy like that is a really good fit. And there's going to be other teams where it's really not a good fit. So I think Hunter Bryant is an interesting player. You know, he's going to be a top 50 ranked guy. But where he falls in the draft is going to be very scheme specific. Yeah, I mean, he can make some some really good plays on the ball. Uh, but I don't know that, like what you said, I don't know he's going to play in-line blocker, but some teams will look at that and say, we don't give a shit if he plays blocker or what he does. We'll put him out there in the slot. Let him catch the ball. That's what he does best. Yeah, you're looking at one of the better middle-of-the-field targets in the draft class. You really are. I mean, the production there for a college tight end has been phenomenal. Uh, Easton has relied on him a lot. Yep. And go back to your point, Matt. When I was out there uh, for the USC game, he's probably six one and a half. 6'2", 235. Now, these guys all get bigger, faster, stronger for the combine, which he definitely will. But he's just an athlete at the position. He really is a great athlete. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch as we get these underclassmen declarations before the January 20th deadline. Let's take a break, guys. When we come back, the man, the 2005 NFL MVP, one of the greatest running backs in Alabama history, which that, that stands up in itself, Sean Alexander. The Johnsonville tailgate throwdown. And, Melo, you've been hanging out with this guy all day. I'm a little jealous because not only did you get to hang out with Sean Alexander, you guys got to eat together. But, Sean, you've been crushing it up here. You brought a belt. 
He brought books. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are the only Alabama player in Atlanta today, though. Right, right. Everybody has something to do. We forgot what this weekend's about. You know, the first Saturday in December is now nothing to us. <laughs> for the first time in a long time, though, for Alabama fans. It feels weird. It does. It feels weird um, to uh, watch this game and see LSU and uh, Georgia get ready to play, especially like us in Georgia. We've kind of we've got something now, you know. Yeah. So uh, I broke up with us, so we don't know what's going on here. And then that tournament at the end of December uh, is kind of weird to us, knowing that we're not going to be there too. It's I, weird. I don't want to. You know, pour any salt in the wound. How early in advance did they book you for this? Do you think that they booked you and they're like, you know what, Alabama's going to be there. Let's get Sean Alexander over here. You know what, I I think that uh, somebody likes me because it was actually after the LSU game that, okay. that we yeah, so we you were the up. guy. So I was, I was yeah. already the guy. You know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, because we've been t- talking like, man, they thought Bama was going to make it. Yeah. We really uh, so let's get Sean Alexander in here. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing the crimson at least. Yeah, so you're you representing. Know, I call it Johnsonville burnt red. You know, I like what I mean? it. you know, yeah. not, not quite crimson, but they're close. They, they give me a little love. You yeah. know, I mean, Alabama might not be here today, but I still want to ask you about Najee Harris because we came into this year and Jonathan Taylor was getting love, Travis Etienne on Clemson was getting love, yep. all these running backs were getting love, and everybody knew how good Najee could be because a five star recruit out of California. But just what has stood out for you personally as he carries on that tradition of? excellent Alabama running right. backs. I mean, we do our thing there, but yeah. you know, I've, I've been so proud of Najee, and you guys know I uh, I stay in touch with several guys throughout college and pro and just kind of give them some love and advice so they can uh, not screw up their lives. You know I mean? Given a talent that they have um, is amazing, but handling it correctly is always a good thing. And so I've been really proud of him just getting better every every game, every year. And uh, I expected big things out of him, and he has not let us down at all. And, um, yeah, how to play the game within the game, he's been doing really, really well. And uh, the, I was I was just excited and, and um, not surprised, but really um, – yeah, excited would be the right word. Just how how much mature he's gotten in just playing the game. You know, knowing when to go after the big yards, knowing when to to step up and make a good move. He's a very good side to side guy, and so he'll make that one move and then get back upfield. So he's worked hard at getting better at those things, and um, I think he'll still get better. And it's going to be pretty cool. Now he's probably not coming back to Alabama. He's probably going to test the waters of the draft. Who's Alabama have behind him that we should be watching? You know, this year we brought in a couple of freshmen, and one of them was really special. Uh, and uh, and we've got probably the number one running back in the country that's going to come here again too. So. Um, once again, our, our issue is never talent. It's always just kind of learning who you are, trying to help, man up. help help a young man gain his identity and who he is and how talented he can be, and then pushing him not to be scared to go there because it's, it's hard work to go be great. There's so many people we could ask you about because Alabama – I mean, when Alabama and LSU played, I had 28 players – in that game that I was evaluating for the 2020 draft, 28 <laughs> yeah. players, right? Yeah. So we could ask you about a lot of guys. But obviously the story everyone is talking about right now is the injury to Tua at yeah. quarterback. I think you guys would be here had he not gotten hurt because yeah. I, I really feel like that the, the committee would have looked at it. You all probably would have been number four in, in the rankings. But Tua's injury, is that a player that you've reached out to? Or is that like what is your familiarity with who yeah, I've known, he is I've known, and what that means. I've known Tua since we since we brought him in, you know, and a great young man, great family. You know, he works hard. He uh, wants to be great. You know, those are all the characteristics of, of great leaders. And, uh, you know, it's really unfortunate, you know, uh, when he hurt his ankle against Tennessee, I had flashbacks of my senior year, you know. He had a great start and all them touchdowns in, in that little bit of a time. And then uh, and being one of the front runners and then knowing that your injury is going to slow you down. And, um uh, 
Yeah, and it slowed him down, and then you have the, the mishap of the hip injury. And so, um, yeah, you never want somebody to uh, go through what he's going through because a hip is just it's a little bit dangerous compared to what everybody else understands. You know, even when Bo Jackson had his uh, – Surgery. His football career was over, but he still played baseball for some years. But it, he still wasn't the same physically, you know. And so, so he's got to make some really big decisions uh, uh, that's going to be best for him and his family. But we do know one thing: his attitude will be right, and he'll and he has the heart of a champion. So he's gonna he's gonna still be successful no matter what it is. And you know, one thing we were talking about earlier too is that they lost two quarterbacks this year. Yeah, now, obviously Tua gets hurt, but then Jalen transferring. Yeah. If Jalen Hurst doesn't transfer, Alabama still probably got a shot to be in the playoff because. Well, we know, look at Georgia last year. Tua, right. Tua goes down. Uh, you know, we get in there. We we still beat Georgia, and we're heading to the national championship game. That's that's the good thing when having uh, you know several players that can play. This is a game where obviously tons of memories are made. But what is your personal favorite college memory? I know you have plenty of great NFL ones as well. <laughs> but what's the college one for you? Uh, you know, I, I get the, it. Just depends on the moments. You know, I when when we were in here my senior year in '99. You know, the Gators were undefeated for six years at home we beat them at home and then they're like oh that must have been a fluke yeah 40 to 39 in overtime in in the swamp yeah uh well I'll, let's see if you do it again and so just remembering you know as the clock's ticking down we're up 34 to 7 you know everybody's got that bama swag back yeah, we know? did it again yeah. you know and uh and everybody's like looking around and i just remember looking at the looking at this uh stadium as we're walking out like oh this is what this is so it was kind of like getting my little patch a part of this great banner that Alabama already has um, was sweet, but um, but the two Florida games that we played against them that year, but you know they're, they're, that that's probably one of the best. Uh, we did beat Auburn for the first time in Auburn too. So anytime we play them on the road, I get calls from friends, teammates, everybody. You're like, oh yeah, you already gave us the keys to that place. Yep, yep. Here we go. So there were some great moments from my senior year uh, that were special, but overall. I don't think there was anyone that was better than my freshman year playing against LSU. Now, you were at Bama with Nick Saban. Uh, you were there a little bit before him, right? Yeah, so in. I had Gene Stallings my yep. freshman year, then Mike Dubose, sophomore, yes, junior, senior. a little year. different, Alabama, then the now. But you're still close to the program, like you said. Yeah. How much longer do you think Nick can do this? Because it, he's sneaky old. It's like yeah. Pete Carroll, you know? It's like, Correct. This, like, this guy's in his mid-60s. You, yeah. you wouldn't think it, but he's starting to get up there a little bit. Yeah, but like, like Pete's like 100, you know, and he's, right. he's got he's he got looks a, 40. He's got our yeah. Seahawks, you know, yeah. doing well. You saw when Metcalf came in, he takes his shirt off for like, everyone's like, well, isn't it crazy? I'm like, nah, that's Pete, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I feel like uh, Coach Saban would do the same thing. Like, he'll shift some things when it comes to kind of how Bobby Bowden did, you know. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll run it like he does probably for about three more years. And then the next five, he'll shift how he's got doing, who's going to be his – his uh, protege, who's going to be the next one, and he'll put that person in place, and then he'll uh, he'll run the program like that. And so, then Dabo comes back. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just that's my guy, you know. So you know, and everybody, all the all the alumni know who I'm picking for. You everybody, know? that's like the, everyone talks about. Like, yeah, when Nick's done, Dabo will just come. It'll be fine. <laughs> it will be fine. Yeah, we'll be good. Have to open up the paycheck. We're, we're not scared. Of that. They they that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not scared. We got that old, that old money. That, 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 that money yeah. I wouldn't be allowed to touch back. In the day. That's how far it goes back with us, you know. Uh, but, well, what about your NFL career too? Because obviously you had some NFL success, winning the MVP. You were on yeah. Madden. Uh, what was your favorite moment from your NFL? All career? decade running back for the 2000, yeah. 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it, all that was great. You know, 
I think just like high school and college and pro, like the one thing is, is I was blessed with some talent and I, I and I had a gift to be able to to make our offensive line and I look like just one smooth team. You know what I mean? And so so. You know, so the hundred touchdowns I had in high school, and then to get here to Bama and break all the records here, um, people could and didn't go to say I'll do the same. No one could really tell like how talented I was or how talented my line was because we looked at like one, and yeah. uh, and so it's always sweet when uh, whenever I, any me or or the guys at any of those three levels get any awards because it means that we just did it really well. And Seattle was fun. I mean, you know, I went from a high school that was ranked eighth in the country to Bama, always in the tops, you know what I mean? Yeah. To Seattle where it, when I got there, it was their 25th season. They had been to playoffs three times, you know what I mean? I am fully like, uh, uh, you know, I would be the one of those kids that when the Lakers were winning basketball, I became the biggest Laker fan. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, man, you're like a, you know, you're jumping. Oh, don't get mad. I'm a winner. So right. <laughs> so that was me, you know, I, mean? I got four older brothers, so I was, and I'm the youngest boy, so. So I'm because I'm like that, I wanted to go to schools that were already winning and then be like, yeah, let's just go keep winning and I'll go try to be the best that they've ever had. And so going to Seattle, it was a different kind of mindset for me. Like, wait a minute, like <laughs> teams coming to Seattle, they get like seafood and oh, and they'll win a football game. And, like, right. and, it, and that was like the culture. Like it was just really odd for me to be around teams where they thought we were going to get beat. And so being a part of changing that culture to, you know, when I left, we had playoffs five years in a row, won division four years in a row, went to Seahawks first Super Bowl, went into Seahawks first MVP. Changing that culture was an amazing ride, you know, and I I, I, uh, I never thought that it would be so fun to be like, I mean, just with a bad program to, to help them become good. It's totally different animal than being at a powerhouse high school or a powerhouse college and helping them stay on top. They're just different flavors. And, and it, it was just sweet. And I think that's part of what we do, too, analyzing these guys for the draft. You want players like yourself that are going to come in and change that culture and say, yeah. you know what, it's not okay if we lose. I want to be here. I want to win. We have to change this. But how fun would it be to play with Russell Wilson right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you and Matt. You know, <laughs> yeah. but when you watch Seattle now, you're like, man. There's a, there's a big was, difference. <laughs> was, big difference, right. Yeah, you were 10 difference. years early, basically. You yeah. know, like, now, Russell uh, and I are good friends, and I'm like a big brother to him. And uh, and he always says, oh, yeah, dude, I'm fully living off all the, all the stuff you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was there, they'd be like, yeah, 85% of people that call companies, marketing, is all business. They call and ask about you. Like, this is so awesome. I'm like. Wow, Russell's got it made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would it would have been fun because he he believes like like I like if if he's on the field, there's a chance to win. If there's if there's one second left, they're probably he's gonna never had out. a losing yeah, season, so it kind of works. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you think awesome. he's not appreciated enough still? Because he's still not mentioned with Brady, Rogers, whoever it is year after year, even Mahomes right now. And yeah. I mean, him and Lamar Jackson should be the MVP front runners right now. It's as simple as that. They are in my mind. Um, and Lamar's playing great, but I do feel like it's because we're tucked over there in Seattle. Like people come to me still, and they'd be like, "I kind of remember you. You were great in Alabama." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, you know, I'm like, okay, this is famous." I'm like, I'm the first guy to ever have a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns five years in a row. You guys are still talking about Tuscaloosa, yeah. <laughs> okay? All right, but it's because we were tucked in the middle of. Like my older brother would always say, "You would go to the the the, the team that's the farthest away from everything." You know what yeah. I mean? Like so, it's the Great North. West, you know, and so like I feel like that's what it is with Russ. Like when you watch him play, everybody's like, 
Oh yeah, he's awesome. You know what I mean? Like there's just no there's no denying that. But because we're so far away, it's easy to just not think of us. You know, you put Seattle in and New York or Dallas and or Washington and you're like, these are the greatest players ever to play. Oh, if he were a cowboy? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. talking about Dak Pres- Prescott all the time. I don't think he's on Russell Wilson's level, but no, no. Like, no. there's something special uh, about that star on that helmet that gets attention. It's beautiful. I, I you know, I was almost going to Dallas. The Seahawks traded their nineteenth pick. They traded Joey Galloway for the 19th pick for the Cowboys, and then uh, and they picked me with it. Like so, yeah, I was you supposed to be the still next. Be living off that endorsement, line. yeah. I, w- I was supposed <laughs> to be the next Emmitt Smith. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. That would Dal- be cool. Dal- Dallas, our Dallas Cowboys fans are like, oh, I hate when you say that. And I'm right, like, it's, right. it's the facts, you know. Yeah, man, Jerry Jones messed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> you can hang that over Jerry's head forever. Uh, we are recording this on Saturday morning. Our people will listen to it Monday morning. We got to ask, who are you picking in this game? Because I mean, you're an Alabama guy. You don't like either of these teams. Yeah. So you, you're unbiased as a biased person. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, this game reminds me of my freshman year when I was at Bama. We were playing against the Florida Gators at Spurrier. And Danny Wolfer won the Heisman, and that team was just awesome. Um, Alabama, my team, as freshmen, we were talented, but we had to play a perfect game to beat them. And we ended up losing like 45 to 30. And everybody was like, oh, and then Florida Gators go on and win the national championship. And everybody's like, yeah, that team was just really stuff. But we were really the only team that kind of had the talent for talent. We were just young. And um, I feel like that's there. I feel like LSU plays the role of the Florida Gators in 96. And, and Georgia plays the role of Alabama. Like, if they play a perfect game, no turnovers, everybody, you know, Swift's amazing, you know, to me, yep. you know. And, and uh, um, they, they all do their thing. Then it'll be close, and they'll have a shot at the end. But if turnovers or anything misplay, guys start missing tackles, then LSU could jump on them and beat them by two touchdowns. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you coming out, dude. Again, judging the cook-off here. Yeah. Still very jealous. Still very hungry because all we're sitting here smelling the brats. So uh, you and Melody did a great job. Breath later. Yeah. yeah. There we go. We'll do that. <laughs> all right. We'll be back right over this. Thanks again, Sean. Thanks again to Johnsonville for bringing you by, man. No doubt. Roll Tide. Thanks again to Sean Alexander for stopping by the Johnsonville tailgate throwdown. And uh, one of these, you and he are just going to start a podcast now, I guess? Yeah, I think we're probably just going to move in together. I'll be his 12th kid. It's going <laughs> right. to be great. What's one more? Right? He wouldn't even know. I'll blend in. Right? Yeah, it'll be just fine. <laughs> Sean was amazing. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. It's easy. It's at Sean Alexander. I guess when you're an when NFL you're MVP, star, you, you can, do, can that. do that. You can do whatever you want. We are here at the SEC Championship game, and as happens weekly on Stick to Football, we like to do a little blind review. So we're going to review this one, even though when you go to Monday, the game will have happened, guys. The but blind preview. The blind preview. <laughs> uh, we've said it throughout the, the last couple of weeks. I'm a big believer in LSU. I actually think LSU is the best team in the country, not Ohio State. Sorry, Dabo. It ain't Clemson. They have the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. These Georgia girls are just thumbs down on us over here. But I do believe that LSU's <laughs> offense... Is just can Georgia score enough to keep pace with Joe Burrow, Clyde the Glide, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson? I can keep going all day naming LSU players. The, I just don't think Jake Fromm and his 71 yards against Kentucky can score enough points. Matt is just trolling the crowd right, right now like the, a heel wrestler. The Georgia fan base here is right. going crazy. I think they We're might play Georgia. a difference in this game today, but I'm going to agree with you, Matt. I think Joey Burrow probably solidifies himself as that Heisman don't Trophy hedge. winner He's today. He's going to do it today. I, I, he just hasn't had a big moment. I don't love him. I'm not going to lie. I do think that he's just too good. This offense with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, there's too much going on on the LSU offense. Georgia defense is amazing. Uh, they've played lights out all year. Probably Shutting the best linebackers everyone. in the country. If they can get 
DeAndre Swift going. Keep Jake from from making mistakes. Yeah, maybe they win. I don't think it's going to happen today. Hey, the best receiver suspended for a half because he got in a fight last week. Oh, I mean, let's be real. LSU's going to have more firepower on the field yeah. today. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. But I, I took Georgia in August. I'm sticking with them to win the SEC. Georgia can make this their style of football, an ugly, low-scoring, defense, running kind of game. LSU hasn't seen a lot of that this year. They've beaten a lot of good teams this year, LSU. But if Georgia can dictate the pace of this game here at Mercedes-Benz today, I do think they can. it could be one of those, honestly, 17-10, to 17-13. Rodrigo kicks three or four field goals. An ugly Georgia win. Guess what? They all count the same. Yeah, they do all count the same. And I, I know a lot of times we've talked about you know, I, I did a thing. I predicted LSU to win by 10 points. Georgia wants this to be a low-scoring game. If, if LSU sco- comes out hot, and I, if I'm LSU, I want the ball first. I oh, want to go down can get ugly for Shootout's going to be bad for Georgia. You yeah. want to keep, like you said, ball control with DeAndre Swift, who is banged up. Yeah. I know he's going to go today, but he's banged up. Andrew Thomas is going to have a long day handling that LSU offensive the defensive line. But as a draft prospect, this is a game where Andrew Thomas can maybe solidify himself as the top tackle where we've seen Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills at Alabama. There's some offensive tackles that are clustered together. So I'm and when we get in there, my eyes are going to be on the left tackle for Georgia when they have the ball. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is his chance to really prove himself. I've questioned this offensive tackle group in the draft all year. I haven't fell in love with any of them yet, but I do think that Andrew Thomas having to face Chase on today is going to be a very good test. It's also going to be one of the first games I go back and watch uh, when we really start breaking down his film as we get into January. Yeah, Chase on has been hot and cold at times. Nine career sacks, I think. So, Chase on, you got to be a little bit more man than myth. And we haven't seen him do that. You talk to anybody at LSU, and they're like, yeah, this dude's a dog. He should be a top 15 pick. He's one of the most talented pass rushers they've ever had in Baton Rouge, which says a lot. But he needs to show up today. Like you said, Burrow needs to show up, maybe have his Heisman moment. Well, Grant I think Chase needs on, to have a big game. He does he's coming off? He his needs best to play game. like he did against, yeah, like against A and M. But he needs to make some plays. That's going to be the big thing. And both of these secondaries can make plays. The Georgia secondary has quietly been one of the best in the country Those this safeties. year. LSU has not been so quiet because everybody obviously loves Stingley, Fulton, Grant Delp, but both safeties. I think when you look at it, though, it's a great point to bring up Chase on because if he can pressure from. That's how you throw off this Georgia passing attack. But let's be real. It's not the most threatening group in the country no. at all. No. And if he can do it against Andrew Thomas, that's going to be the matchup. Chase Hunt coming off that right edge. Andrew Thomas trying to protect. I, and one of my biggest questions with him is, is he athletic enough to cut off the outside pass rush in the next level? We'll get a pretty clean look at that today, guys. All right, that is our show. Thanks again to Johnsonville for having us. It is time for us to eat some brats. Our our entire team here is eating now. Look at all those. The talent sitting on the desk not eating. So appreciate you guys. Thanks for that. Uh, get the brats ready. And I see some Miller Lite. I'll take a couple of those, too. We will be back Wednesday, Connor. We're going to be fixing a team. I believe it will be the Jacksonville Jaguars. The fans have spoken. <laughs> I'm blown away. I, I didn't think we have a lot of Jaguars listeners. I didn't we think have they a have lot. a lot of fans. We have a lot. If they want them fixed, and guess what? We'll deliver. Yeah, all 25 Jags fans listen to Six Football. We love you guys. We're going to fix that team. Mello, you get a day off. But we will be back Friday morning. All three of us here at Six Football. Thanks again to Johnsonville and Sean Alexander. We'll talk to you all real soon. Mm-hmm.